Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. This is episode 97 and I'm Aaron Burchell. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. And we do look into one or two of the subjects that you ask us to during the week. Yeah, and if you want to support us on the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. And we want to say a big thanks to Alistair this week for supporting us. Now, very quiet in the news front, and they say no news is good news, but we're going to put out a plea again about episode 100, which is coming up in three weeks from now. Yeah, we've had a couple of people that have put their uh, their names in the hat to join us on that um, virtual episode recording or virtual kind of meetup. Um, so look, if you want to jump in on that and we get enough numbers, we'll certainly go ahead with it. It'll be uh, something different, something interesting for our 100th episode. Yeah, so we'll give you the contact details at the end of the programme. And just remember, it's a bit of fun. You ask us questions, we'll ask you questions. But also remember that we might be recording the video where we'll use the audio for the podcast. And we might throw it up on our YouTube channel, Charlie and Me, our camping vlog, uh, a week or so afterwards. So just make sure that you've got your hair brushed and that you look well. But we'll give you the contact details if you want to take part in our 100th episode, which we'll record some evening. And we can just all sit down and have a cup of tea. Yeah, maybe if you wanted to, we could do it from the motorhomes or something like that. But we'll work something out anyway for it, you know. Right. Listeners, messages, shout outs. This is where we uh, look back at the emails that we get during the week. So what have we got today? Yeah, we received a a nice message uh, from Sandra this week on Twitter. She says, hi, Aaron and Chris and Charlie. Started listening to you guys at Christmas. Never camped in our lives. We bought a motorhome this week with a load of smiley faces after that. Can't wait to get out there. You guys are an inspiration. We'll definitely wave at you on the road. So I suspect Sandra's listening to some of the early episodes where we had a chat about the different waves and, and people not waving and that's you. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the world of camping where I saw a sticker uh, on it was on an American YouTube channel where they say where uh, owning a motorhome is where you spend a lot of money to live like a homeless person. <laughs> so congratulations and the best of luck and definitely and we say this to all of you please gosh when we get out camping again if you do ever come across myself or chris in a campsite please do come over and say hi and the best of luck sandra and family with your new purchase we had another email from geraldine uh, she said hi guys love the podcast I'm just after purchasing my first motorhome two days ago. Would love some stickers for it. I've sent those out. Any recommendations regarding a good place to camp near amenities for our first trip? Uh, I have a motorhome that I can drive on a B license, 3,400 kilograms, but can I put a tow bar on and tow also? What am I allowed, not allowed tow? Is there a max weight if allowed? Only one other question is that I have floor mats in the motorhome that are cut to the same shape as the floor in the motorhome. If I want to update them, is there somebody that I can bring them to to get new ones cut or copy the dimensions of the ones I have? And also, can you suggest somebody that might help me reupholster the cushions? Any advice on this would be great. So we gave, I sent on Geraldine a list of the Charlie and Me sites so she could actually mm-hmm. see and my suggestion to Geraldine was to travel somewhere nearby and to Sandra as well, actually, was to travel somewhere nearby for your first, you know, couple of camps. So you arrive, you're fresh, you're not spending 
you're not too tired after a long drive mm -hmm. and you can check out all the different electric hookups and the water and the cooker and you have all that kind of sorted before you go but um i you know i don't really know anybody in that area sorry the area is kind of up around kind of the northeast area okay that might uh, help with you know cushions or getting custom mats made up now i do know here in carrigan sure my friend lily has um a flooring shop well it's a furniture shop now it was just a carpet shop and she has a chap in kilkenny who puts edges on rugs so if you get your hall stairs and landing carpeted you can have rugs made out of the off cuts i wonder would a company like that kilkenny company be able to take your original flooring and cut carpet and be able to put the edging on it as well to keep it as mats. So I suppose Google is going to be your best your best friend there. On the B license, yes, you can tow a trailer before you have to change your class of license, but no heavier than 750 kg, which is really just kind of like a small, I would call it a garden trailer for doing little runs to the dump or something. So yes, you can put on a tow hitch. It has to be a certified tow hitch. You can't just go to a chap who makes tow hitches and will weld them up for you. You've got to go and get a reputable named tow hitch, which could cost you a few bob, but you can tow up to 750 kilos. And that's including the weight of the car that it's carrying, if you wanted to tow a car. Oh, yes. Gosh, if you're towing a car, you're not going to find a small car, even a smart car. You're going to have to have the, the different license. The B license won't do that. 750 kilo is really just, as I said, what I would call a gardener's trailer, um, a small aluminium trailer for maybe just carrying, I don't know, your rucksacks or your, your kayak on top of it with a bit of camping gear in the back. You know, that type of small aluminium trailer that you can pick up. Actually, gosh, we seem to mention Halfords quite a lot. I know they sell a selection of trailers and they definitely do one that's under 750 kg. But remember, that 750 kg includes the weight of what you're carrying, not just the trailer itself. Yeah. And just back on the the on the on um the, the floor mats as well. I wonder if some of the local kind of family run motor factors might be able to get uh, mats done up as well. They're probably used to getting requests as well for, for custom mats for cars. They could probably do them for motorhomes as well. It's not going to be easy. The cushions getting reupholstered is going to be no problem. And in fact, that's where we are at the van build at the moment. Well, I can't get out to get cloth, but as soon as I get the cloth, I do have a lady. Anybody who's decent with a sewing machine can do cushion covers and curtains for your van. The mats, I think you're going to have a problem unless depending on the make, if it's a Heimer like ours, you get the model and you email Heimer in Germany or whatever, or you email Donahue's maybe uh, who are the importers, maybe they can get, but you're looking at a cost, I would say. Now, I have met a few people over the years who have done that and got the actual carpets for their model. In fact, I think it was only Busners that I've seen it for. So I'm assuming if you get online and go to the suppliers and say, look, I have this model motorhome, is there and how much? Is it to get a set of mats that are, are made to fit? And I'm sure you'll get them that way. Yeah, I, I think so. There's, there's probably some options, but um, if anybody listening can have, uh, know, have any suggestions up in the northeast kind of, that could help out, uh, Gerald, that would be great. 
Yeah, we'll give you contact details at the end of the podcast. Jamie was on again from Strand Camping in Doonbeg, one of our regulars, and uh, lovely campsite he has down there too. And by the way, he is taking bookings for tents. He is also pretty close to being full for the season because he's obviously working on reduced numbers for when we can get camping again. And on that, just before we get to Jamie, uh, there are a couple of campsites. I know Blarney is also taking bookings. You see it on multimedia. Anybody taking bookings for tents? Anybody taking bookings in tents? I would say this time round there are more campsites taking bookings than aren't, but the reduced numbers. So that way then there's not a big a big um, demand on their facilities. But I do know that Jamie in, in uh, Strand Camping in Doombeg, I do know that Con and Blarney is taking them. But again, it's worth picking up the phone for those of you who have tents and making the calls. Yeah, a lot of those campsites as well are, are probably on Facebook. So it's worth checking out their Facebook pages. You probably get the regular updates there. So um, to jump back to Jamie's uh, message, so he sent us an email and he said regarding the Google Maps, I met an owner of an American motorhome in Portugal a few years back and I got talking to him about route planning as his motorhome was 35 foot, 35 foot long. Yeah, he gave me a great tip, which is to follow the route via satellite view in advance of the actual journey. That way you get to see the width of the roads, the quality of the roads bridges etc he said i now do this if i'm traveling on roads um i'm not familiar with that's a great idea actually use a mix of google aerial view and possibly even street view in certain areas if you want to get down to ground level and see what exactly the road is like if there's any area that you know some areas that will have more detail than others but that's a fantastic suggestion if you're driving in somewhere you've never gone before and you've got nobody to ask for advice he follows on he says also see my screenshot about breathalysers in France. The law is due to be scrapped altogether. But whilst technically there is a legal requirement to carry a breathalyzer, there's no penalty if you don't. Oh. You won't be surprised to hear that advanced bookings for the peak season, he said, are at a huge at the moment, especially the tent bookings. Oh. So uh, he sent us on a screenshot from the rac.co.uk webpage. And one of them was doing, and uh, sorry, it, it says, the question was, do I need a, a GB sticker for driving in France? So they go through a list of the different items and they said breathalyzer or alcohol test. As of January 2013, the French government announced the introduction of an 11 euro fine for not carrying one had been postponed indefinitely. However, the law still states that drivers and motorcyclists must have an alcohol test ready for use in their vehicle, even though no penalty will be imposed if they cannot present one during the road check. So wow. that's uh, it's no harm to have one, and we advise people to to stock up on them anyway. It just makes uh, the, the the whole check and stop go a lot more smoothly as well for for both you and the um, the the guard that might stop you. And of course, we did mention as well when we were talking about that, about reflective jackets. So we might as well just mention that one of each occupants, you must have a reflective jacket, you know, the yellow high-vis jackets inside the vehicle within easy reach. And as well, I mentioned as well, carrying one of those warning triangles or a flashing torch or something like that, just to draw attention to yourself if you are broke down on the side of the road. But remember what we said uh, in the last podcast, have your paperwork handy like for if you've got to ring your breakdown or something like that always have that in the dash handy as well as having the above mentioned things like the jackets triangles lamps there is like i said there's no harm in carrying them yeah i think it's it's good practice as well so um aaron uh, charlie and me this week um where are we at 
yes, today's video and this coming Friday's video is construction at last. It's all about the woodwork. A friend of mine, Tommy, he's good with wood, as I say in the video. He's a great carpenter and he, he looked at the plans of uh, the ambulance conversion and said three days. So he gave me two days full, a Thursday and a Friday. And in fairness, we got a lot done. So that's today's video and this coming Friday's video. Um, then he gave me a half day because he just happened to be in town. And we did a few little bits and then I was only speaking to him today and tomorrow week, which is Thursday week, is our final day of woodwork. But I will tell you now, Chris, I was insuring the van yesterday. That's how finished it is. Uh, I have a friend who has a pit in his yard and I wanted to drive to his place to take out all the hydraulic sundries that are underneath the van. And I wanted to book it in for a DOE. So obviously for all of that, you need insurance. And she is officially a motorhome, even though I haven't received a logbook yet. And I kind of said with all the checkpoints that are around for COVID, I'm not going to put it on the road. But she's read, I was insuring it yesterday. So the end of the month, the end of February, I will insure it. Another week I should have my VRT bill, which I'm still really worried about. And then a week or two after that, I'll have the logbook. But that's how good we are. But on the videos, woodwork started today and it continues on Friday. Great. Oh, it sounds like it's uh, it's advancing at a rapid pace and we can't wait to, to get out now and um, and see it. I was looking at the video today and the, the setup you have for uh, emptying and refilling the, the toilet and all that looks mm -hmm. really, really nice. Really well done, you know. And, you know, that was the very first thing when I decided that, well, I've wanted to do this for years, but when myself and Deirdre sat down and said, right, look, COVID, let's do it. Let's see if we can get one. That door where the toilet is was my main design. Everything was designed around that. I really, really wanted that door to open, to fill the toilet and empty the toilet. So, guys, you'll see that on um, today's video, which is youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And then the rest fell in around that. But that was one thing that I really, really wanted was access to the toilet that way rather than having a, a little small. I was originally putting a shower in and ah, just water tanks and running waters. Then it need a subfloor. But look, you'll see it. Yeah, I'm, that's one of my favorite parts. And now that we have the hatch, which is coming up in the video soon, cut through to the cab. I do like the way that turned out. But yeah, the toilet, emptying and filling the toilet is my favorite, my favorite part of the build so far. So I guess you'll be taking that job, pardon the pun. As I have been doing since the day I met that lady and we started camping before we even got married. It right, like we have... Part of the deal. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> Whether uh, I agreed or not. Is that the deal? No, here's... Has, <laughs> has Mrs. B ever, ever emptied the toilet in your motorhome in all the years you've had it? Yes. Uh, can you count on one hand, two hands? Has she done it a few times? A couple of times, and it was it, it was any time she was away in the motorhome. Ah, yes, because she has taken it away to go off with her sister. Okay, as a family, when we were all camping, ye were all camping together, has she ever done it? That's usually my job. Right, okay. Yeah, that has been my... I said to Deirdre when we bought our first motorhome, literally a couple of weeks before we got married, I said, look, now I had a motorhome and she'd been camping loads of times and we just wanted to upgrade. And I said, here's the deal. We'll go camping. And I said, all you have to do is the mains. Plug in the mains on site and unplug. That's it. I said, I'll do the cooking for the breakfast and the meals. And, you know, all you have to do, your chore is the mains. I think she's done it once. And I've been doing it ever since. 
But you know what, Aaron? You enjoy doing it, so I think it works out well for everybody. Yes, that and the old saying, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> oh, gosh, but when I think back, yeah. But anyway, we're still... But that, that's where we are. So, yeah, youtube.com forward slash slash Charlie and me are camping vlog. And thank you for the support. We're getting great support. And if you're on our Instagram or if you're on Instagram, find Charlie and me our camping vlog because that's more up to date than the videos for example today's photographs shows the whole working of the roof lights where the word ambulance is was so that's way ahead of the videos that video won't come up for about three weeks so instagram just look for charlie and me our camping vlog right let's move on to you were busy during the week you had an interview yeah, we recorded this uh, a good few days back. Um, I came across an article on the This Is Galway.ie webpage um, about a Galway based Boggins family. They're uh, releasing a book called Camping Soul Food, which is a mixture of camping recipes and kind of music and Spotify playlists to listen to while you're camping and uh, cooking up food. So, uh, yeah, we recorded a, a nice interview. They're a, a lovely family. So I started off by asking them to introduce themselves and to tell us a bit about the book. Now, we must say that the sound quality in parts of this drops in and out, but it's still a good interview. So let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Malachi. Um, I'm the Duggan part of the Buggins. And uh, my wife, Carrie, is Carrie Budsist. So she's the Buds part. And many years ago, a very good friend of ours, uh, Liz, decided we were the Bugginses. So we've had the name for a long, long time <laughs> before we took any notions to write a book. You might tell us about the, the book and where the idea came from. Um, well, it was, it's one of those things, like we, we got our camper van about five years ago. And just when we hit the road, you know, to start with, I mean, I don't know if everyone does it, but we certainly did. We brought, we literally brought the kitchen sink. We brought, because we didn't know, we brought, we brought everything. In a suitcase. Yeah, suitcase. <laughs> and um, the more and more we went, the re- we realised the less and less we need, you know. I mean, I'm probably only going to wear one pair of shorts and one t-shirt for a week anyway, you know. And uh, just for packing, we didn't know what to pack with food to start with. So it was just kind of, the more we went, we realised the less we needed to bring. Yeah, and I think we were just, thinking of all these tasks as we went and anything we are even just small things to do like in terms of packing or bringing food or how you can kind of just make the most of your space so we said we'll just write these down now and share them and that was what kind of happened over a couple of years and uh we were like we'll, we'll write a book about it someday we put some of the recipes down it was a kind of one of those things we said we'd do and obviously never got the time you know yourself like like it's yeah. in a way and suddenly we're in a lockdown yeah and um Maggie, Maggie's work kind of got very quiet. He's a publican, so he got very, very quiet. Very, very quiet. So he was looking for something um, to do, and he's like, maybe I'll just actually put this down on paper and we get it together. And uh, so we came out with an ebook to start, just to share with people our friends and that, because we figured camping, especially last summer, people were going to want to do a bit more. So we just put some of the hacks together, a couple of recipes of our favorite recipes and that kind of thing. And we shared it just on email. And it was really popular and really kind of people really liked it. So, and if somebody wants to have a look at the book and get hold of the book, where would they get it? So, so at this stage, well, we, we started off with the book and we thought this would be a lovely present for our friends and family at Christmas time. Yeah, with a photo done. We got, and then we, uh, we have a photographer in Galway called Julia Doonan, who is a friend of ours and is like one of the top photographers in the city. So we asked her to take photographs to kind of, just to document like the craziest year. I mean, like our daughter Iski was eight years old at the time and off school for six months. I mean, like 
it was, and the, the sun came out, but we couldn't travel anywhere. So just when we really wanted to get in the camper van, we couldn't. We like, couldn't, yeah. Else. Yeah, or we were doing it at the front of the house, you know, <laughs> keeping things there and just have, making the most of the camper, even though you couldn't really go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. We asked uh, Julie, who's a professional photographer, to take some photos. Like I said, just to document this craziest time in Eski when she was eight years old. And I suppose when, when her photos came back and we saw them, we went, oh, no, these are, these are too good to... To just waste. Put into a, yeah, to waste put into a little amateur type thing. So we, that's when we decided to go to go ahead and you know get some more re recipes and we had the photographs and uh, we got some uh, local Galway designer called Amelia Walker to put it together. And like between Amelia and Julia, they kind of just took this lockdown idea that was in our heads and it just they've created this gorgeous book. Um, yeah. that and it's not just about camping or the food, but it's about marrying those three with the music as well, isn't it? The music is a big part of it. it it's, well, music is a huge part. So it, it's it's camping, soul and food. And it should really be a full stop between those three words. There's camping, there's soul music and there's food. Because um, so, we're, we're not, we're neither camping experts, oh, nor yeah. chefs, nor our professional DJs, even though Maliki could probably be <laughs> an amateur one. But. So it's just we love those three things. It's three things we love. So we were trying to figure out a way of you know, combining the two the, the worlds. So on each page of each recipe has a QR code that will bring you to a playlist of music that you can listen to while you're preparing the food and cooking it. Um, and they're all soul classics from Motown, Stax, um, Northern Soul, Bangers, uh, just music. It's the music I, I'm allowed to play when I'm on the, in the pub by myself. <laughs> it's the old man puts on soul music, but we love it. It's so funny because that was Maliki's original idea with the QR code, and we did that on the ebook, and we sent it out to some people, and people who we didn't know, obviously, or didn't know that well, got a hold of it too. And there was people like Sinead, mm -hmm. sending us videos, and like, this is me just dancing around. With dancing away to it, yeah. Of songs I didn't know that I love now, like, you know, this Brilliant. kind of soul music with loads of food references in them. Like there's one song, probably our theme tune is I Like to Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a, like it's such a brilliant tune and they match perfectly with outside cooking and, like, yeah. they're brilliant. When you ran, uh, ran I, like, I, like, I Like to Barbecue. And what's been great as well is, like, my favourite part of the project is, so Carrie's been, like, taking the lead on the food side and then I'd find a song that has a reference like barbecue. And then just researching these songs and the history that goes into it. And like, you know, these people were absolute rock stars back in the 50s and 60s. So it's it's a lovely way to just marry the, yeah. the food and the music and, you know, the camping hacks. Yeah, and introduce maybe a music or an era of music that might be that many people, not that many people know about. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, it just mar marries so well with yeah. the with the food and the camping concept as well. Like, Great. yeah. And so it's an ebook at the moment. Is it going to be a physical book then? It, it is going to be a physical book. So the, the ebook was just to see if there's any interest. So the full book will have over 60 recipes. And like we're at a stage where we're going to start proofreading it. And the next thing is how many copies do we print? Because obviously, if we print 20, the price per copy is ridiculous. That brings yes, it yeah. to very expensive present for family. If we, but if we print, you know, a few hundred, it brings the price down. So what we've done is set up a, an Indiegogo a crowdfunding page um, where people can, they can get updates and then they can also get early bird discounts on the book as well. So that way we get an idea of, you know. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, you want to print yeah. the amount that people are interested in because what we really don't want is, 
you know, uh, an attic full of <laughs> extra books and printing, just even the, the concept of printing and wasting paper as well. So it means that we can just print like, you know, we love it and we think it's amazing. And we do think that other people think it's amazing, but we, we don't want to be wasteful with it either. We yeah. want to be smart. Yeah, um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah so that was so Maliki's so great so it's, 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 hard, it's going to be a hardback book, an A5. So, you know, handy enough to fit in the backpack. But the recipes in there, I mean, Carrie's recipes, they're great for a day's hiking, you know, or for heading off for a day's adventuring or a day's kayaking. There's, uh, you know. Yeah, we, we have a, an area or a, a, a team of recipes and they're just called adventure. And it's basically things you could throw into a flask or just throw together in like 10 minutes before you head off for the day. So you don't think we're cooking. And we're like, also, we have a daughter and she's nine. Her name is Eski. I'm sure she'd be listening back. If we didn't mention her, we'd be uh, in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she, she, they're kind of child tested recipes as well because you want the kids Great, to yeah. the things that you know they have to be child friendly they have to be something that you don't need some one kind of crazy um ingredient that you can't that get. you can't get anywhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. like with, like i would say so many of our recipes are tinned tomato based which is yeah. like important because they're the things you have and you're trying to they're just so handy to bring with you yeah. well that we actually made up a mix like a herb mix and we say okay if you put that just make a jar of that it'll probably do 90% of the recipes yeah. and we'll just flavor them and you don't have to panic about bringing all different things and the food will still be nice and we also conscious too that um not everyone like not everybody loves barbecue or a lot of people are moving kind of more maybe more towards vegetarian food too so we're trying yeah, to incorporate yeah. that that can be just as nice or enjoyable to cook and eat yeah. outside yeah. and what's your favorite recipe then when you're out camping what do you do you love to cook the most like I, I'll give my answer first and because <laughs> it's one I discovered during research in the book and I was like this is not going to work and you can't there's no way you can have pizza when you're camping like absolutely no way and I felt we kind of found a recipe about three or four recipes and I mixed them together and we figured it out and we made the pizza on a campfire and it tasted delicious, delicious like mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous and made a half vegetarian half meat and it for, just for ingenuity and to know that you can do something like that and it was so easy um that will be I think my favorite one just like something you think you couldn't do because you're yeah. camping that you were able to do yeah brilliant brilliant yeah and when you're cooking uh, mostly say on the campsites do you cook like inside the the, the camper or would you cook outside mostly we cook we cook outside like with the camper you do have a bit more space to do some prep so the whole idea of the book is you know if you don't have much area space to prep um, a lot of the time we just put the barbecue on outside and put the table up beside it and do all the prep there. Like it's a big part of our, of our camp and holidays, you know, it just the, the actual cooking and listening to music together is a, a large part of it. Yeah. And I think the idea too, is that we want to appeal to people who camp like in tents as well. And they might have a one ring, like little gas. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. One ring and uh, er everything you, we make can be cooked um, either in one pot like on a ring or in the barbecue so that was really important yeah. as well most importantly like but well, that's for beers and friends so. <laughs> there's no there's no food in the travel and do you use a coal barbecue or do you have a gas barbecue a coal barbecue yeah, yeah, coal, barbecue, yeah. coal barbecue that actually like that came with the camper van yeah. when we bought it, it was oh it was, very good yeah. well, i should very tell you about the camper van actually what we have because our camper van got some big news this, oh, yeah, so this we, week we, we, uh, uh, VWT3 that became vintage last year, so it's 1990. Last week, last week actually, yeah. So it took it took a while to get the CVRT. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, so it's finally so. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that kind of gives you a lot stuff, more, a lot more breathing space as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it has that yeah, status. Yeah. 
And um, uh, Carrie, you're the the, the, the the coke, really, are you? Or do you share the coking? How does it work? It, it's usually, I think what usually happens with all things is Carrie will do all the research and prep and everything. And then I take the glory because I'm the one standing beside the rubbish <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at Maliki doing all the cooking. And literally all I've done is put sausages on the garbage. <laughs> Taking the credit for, I like it. Credit for yeah. <laughs> and how much of the food would you prepare? I know you indicated, but like, how much of it do you normally prepare when you're going out, say, for a weekend camping? Would you have it all prepared and in kind of Tupperware before you go, or would you be kind of chopping and? Yeah, we try and not prepare too much um, before we go. There's certain things like we have a barbecue sauce that will last three or four days in a jar. We like to make that because that's a lovely base for pizzas yeah. or put it on burgers, and it's a lovely homemade one. It's just it's really really mm. nice that one. Um, or a couple of things like cereals, if you wanted to have a mix of like to make granola or something. But we try and keep it like we're not brilliant planners ourselves. So that's, I think, why we restricted the amount of ingredients. We're saying, but at least we have rice, potatoes, uh, tins of tomatoes, a couple of tins of like beans or um, and some veg. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to figure something out. Like One of our greatest tips is like, this is not like Bear Grylls. <laughs> it's Ireland. You're 15 minutes away from a super value. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and all this grease. Kids, <laughs> don't go back. The ingredients are handy to get hold of, and yeah. that's. I was going to uh, ask you to share a few of those tips and camping hacks, but I think you've you've shared a, a good few with us already. Yeah. And what's your favourite song, Maliki? When you're out cooking, is there a particular song or artist that you like uh, uh, over the others? So uh, Marlene Shaw um, wrote an album uh, called "The Spice of Life," and from that album is "California Soul." And uh, that is my number one favorite song of all time. I think that's definitely a driving one. Like, yeah, yeah. California Soul, Marlena Show. Um, you put that into Spotify and then just let the algorithms take you on the soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you won't go wrong. Excellent. I must check that out now. Um, my music now, I like this all different types of music, but it's mainly kind of based around, you know, maybe indie bands or kind of oh, Irish yeah. rock bands and things like that but yeah I like uh, a lot of kind of Bill Withers and those next <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie do you have a, a favourite that you went when you're pottering me on the campsite did you like to listen to yeah I think that I like the barbecue one um yeah any of them that are kind of fun and food related ones I like that yeah. um it's been so much fun I mean like we have Aretha Franklin and Pink yeah and the connection there is that Aretha Franklin ran a restaurant called Camping Soul Food in Blues Brothers and that's the song she sings when the two lads go in so yes, yeah. each song is, has been picked to kind of fit in with a recipe for, for each, each one and that's, that's been my favourite part of the whole project yeah, yeah. oh there there's some brilliant songs and like, like when you're looking I know that when Matthew was researching them because you really start listening to the words when you're looking for a word that's food related so you start like picking yeah. up in a song that you knew quite well, maybe. Yeah, you, you but have you listened to it? Yeah, sliced tomatoes. Which... Yeah, sliced tomatoes. That's another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's in every playlist. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so you've got a, a VW uh, T3. You said, is it? That's it. Yeah, yeah high top. Yeah, yeah, high top. Yeah. Yeah. Campy. I said. I see on. It's a campy. Campy. Yeah, to... yeah. We, if you, if you ask her, it's a name something. She. Give it a name and add Y to the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. And I, I ask everybody I interview um, to, to, to tell us what their favourite campsite is. Like, where's the, the one place you love going back to? So, like, when we, because we're living in Galway, and like, when you live in Galway, you just automatically head west and go to Connemara. So, 
like up around uh, Renville is a beautiful campsite, Renville, Lettergate, but we, we go back to Renville quite a lot. Yeah, Dogs Bay. And we, we kind of, the first few years, we kind of just headed to the coast. And then a couple of years ago, we went inland to Mount Shannon and the lakeside campsite in Mount Shannon. And we just go back every year now. Like, no matter where we go, we're going, there, we're going there for a week every yeah. year. I don't know why. There's there's two things I know that I that I love about it. Obviously, it's, it's on the lake and just the types of the trees that are there. It's yeah. just such an unusual, like, established campsite that's been there for decades. But then you have Killaloo Balna, which is only down the road and has an outdoor heated swimming pool, which is something... That's a draw, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something we've only discovered since we started camping too. And we can't believe that there's so many. And them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, up near Drumshambo for... Yeah, Drumshambo's another yeah, great spot. Outdoor heated swimming pool, a lovely wild camping spot beside it. Actually, wild camping, Drumshambo, there's a car park next to the facilities, yeah. there's tennis courts and that. And we saw... We're we're not big on wild camping yet with our daughter, but that seems to be a great spot yeah. um, for, for wild camping there. Yeah. Great. And I think Aaron has done videos this year in Renville and in um, the, the lakeside uh, in Leitrim as well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So he'd be delighted to hear those get a mention. Okay. And, <laughs> and uh, so, look, thanks very much for jumping on. I think people sure. would be very interested in, in, in the book. Um, if someone wants to get hold of the book, the ebook now that's available for them to, to get access to it right now, is it? Yeah, so that's uh, just a little, that's got about four or five uh, recipes in it. That's on campingsoulfood.com. And then if you head to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you'll find links to the Indiegogo site where you, you'll be able to sign up for early bird discounts and just keep up to date with how we're getting on and what the next stage of the book is. Yeah, I see it. That's where I found the, the link to it there yeah. um, was through the, the Twitter and Instagram, I, I think. Yeah. And look, they can also follow you. You're there at Campus oh, yeah. Soul Food on Instagram and, and Twitter as well. Um, I, I think I saw on your website you've got a shop as well. You're kind of, you sell oh, a, we, a couple we of items. Of, we're, we're great for kind of just throwing every idea into it. So we, yeah, the first yeah. thing we did was make Frisbees. <laughs> because yeah, we, we were <laughs> really nice, kind of eco-friendly yeah, Frisbees. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing we did before we wrote a book. We said, let's get some merchandise. <laughs> so, no, when, when Malachi says we, he means himself. <laughs> Malachi's spending. <laughs> we don't make an Excel sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so. Very good. Look, thanks so much for jumping uh, on and, and doing the interview with us. Um, you know, I, I'm sure the listeners will certainly check that out. And look, it'd be great. We might meet up with you on a campsite oh, somewhere around this summer. We'd love if that. everything goes well and we, the restrictions are lifted, we can get out camping again. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Th thanks so much, Chris. This was great to chat yeah. to you. That song that he's on about, California Soul, I love that song. It's actually featured in the remake of The Italian Job, the one with Charlie's Theon. She's driving a classic mini to meet the crew, and that song is playing. And when I was on the radio, I used to try and play that song as much as I could. It was never on the playlist, and I used to try and stick it in. It's a real summertime song. And you know what? I, I could see myself if I was into Barbie and, and doing a bit of food, having that playing in the background, parked out at a campsite. And ah, oh, it's a classic song. I was surprised you didn't know it, actually. Yeah, there's a few songs that I checked out some of the Spotify lists, a few songs that I, I knew, but I didn't know the name of it or who sung it. I yeah. just recognised them there. But um, it's definitely something I'm going to to. To, to, to do especially you know, camping and, and getting into the vibe so look um, I really hope the, the, the book plans come off and they get the interest enough especially to print those yeah. physical copies out like uh, like you can have the ebook but there's nothing like having a, a, a good 
cookbook, particularly with you in in the um, in the motorhome or camper um, and caravan, or when you're out camping as well, you know everything they have is available in Ireland and and easy to get hold of, as I said. Yeah, it's not as if you have to go and book or go searching. Literally, as you said, you could be on certain campsites where there's a, a local centre or super value literally down the road. And if it's if it's if you don't have the recipe in the van, chances are 99% of the time you're going to get it there. And I, I take your point. Um, yes, we're all gone high tech with our ebooks and and our Kindles and stuff. But to have the book physically open there and the tunes playing through your phone or whatever whilst cooking the food on a beautiful summer's day in Ireland isn't that a picture that you just can't get out of your head it is great look we encourage anyone that's interested in the book to sign up on their um on the website um to show them that you are interested so they know that it's going to be worthwhile as uh, it you know they want to ensure they only print off the amount of books that they need and obviously the more they print off the lower it would cost as well so um if you can express your interest there if you are uh please they will be helpful to them and it's a great idea brilliant idea and well done to the bookings family for coming up with it right let's move on to products ah right dennis has been in touch hello dennis and happy new year yeah if it wasn't for dennis our i think our um <laughs> Our gadget lists and product lists throughout the year would be pretty boring. If it wasn't so, for Dennis, we'd have more money in the bank <laughs> <laughs> from buying his suggested gadgets. He came up with a few for us this week based on previous podcasts. Yeah, I know we said last week that we'd take a break from batteries, but look, um, he had sent on some battery-related gadgets that I just felt it had to share and just hope this will probably end the series on batteries. But the first one was um, an item available on Amazon.co.uk. Um, and what it is, it's called an uh, Ali, I suppose you call it, A-I-L-I, a battery monitor voltage tester. So this is something you physically fit to your battery. You can obviously then wire it back to a dashboard or wire it back to somewhere within your your camper and it shows you the current state of your battery what's the amper on it you know what's the battery level uh, it'll help you kind of determine whether your your battery is in good condition so that's the first product so just again the brand is AILI and it's called a battery monitor voltage tester it's currently 48 pounds on amazon.co.uk and that was the, the link that Dennis sent on. The second item he sent on was the Haba Bluetooth battery monitor and this is um, a Dutch site that he sent on and this little nifty device is available on a site called obelink.nl so obelink.nl obelink.nl it's 28 euros 95 uh, at the moment. I think there's probably a fiver uh, for delivery. But this is something, again, you wire up to your battery. It's got a Bluetooth adapter on it. Transmitter, yeah. Transmitter, that's it, exactly. And you, you hide that away, and basically you can pull up an app on your smartphone. You see the status of your battery on, on your smartphone. Uh, this device, again, is called the HABA, H-A-B-A, Bluetooth battery monitor. And you'll find that on Oblink. NL. So that was a nifty little device. And the third device is available on a site called h-tronic.de. And this device is called the MPC 1000 switching station, a switching station inverter 
mains priority circuit control. This would have been a good thing for me doing the ambulance build. So any of you doing a, a van build or conversion, this is a good product. It's not that it's under it's under 50 euro plus shipping, of course. But this when you read what it does, this is a product that I'm even thinking of getting and adding it to the build. Yeah, I'll give you the quick overview description. It says the switching station is able to select different inputs from available power sources in a 230 volt grid. With the MPC 1000, you can operate an inverter module and a 230 volt AC in the same grid. If one of the sources fail, the device will automatically switch to the alternative source and switching time can be pre-programmed in order to protect sensitive switching power supplies. So if anybody's into their electrics, um, this might be a useful gadget. The site again is htronic.de and the product is called the MPC 1000 switching station. It's a good bit of kit and that's not a bad price, 50 quid for something that does, if it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, so look, that's a, a quick a quick uh, overview of three um, battery related gadgets sent on from um, Dennis, our gadget man. So look, thanks again, Dennis, for that. Yeah, definitely worth looking at. Right, we used to have a section called Things You Do While Camping. It has now been changed for the moment to Things You Do While Not Camping. What have we got this week? <laughs> so I was just thinking a lot of people would have their um, their DOE tests coming up sometime soon. Usually for us, it's at the start of the summer. So I said maybe we could list of things to check out on your camper and get it prepared for your test. So the first thing I said, look, it's worth checking your tyres, the condition of your tyres, the age of your tyres, the treads, all of that. And don't forget to do the, um, the spare as well. But now is the time to go through all of that and make sure that that's all in good condition. Start up the engine, put your lights on, front, back, reverse. Make sure you check your reverse lights. Make sure you check your fog lights, your indicators, everything like that. So no harm, leave the engine ticking over while you're doing all these checks as well, just to give it a bit of a run. Yeah, and they also uh, check seatbelts to go through and make sure all your seatbelts are all working. They're not obstructed, they're clear. If there's anything on the seats, take them off, leave them behind you. Just, just give them a good check and make sure they're all functioning uh, as expected. And check your levels. Now, when we say water, we don't mean your water tanks or drinking water or the toilet. We mean your actual radiator. Make sure there's coolant in it and check the engine oil while you're there at the same time, because these are things that are going to be checked. And check the colour of your engine oil, not just if it needs to be topped up. Maybe it's time to get an oil change before you do go for your DOE. Yeah, and other little things to check out for then would be the likes of your wipers. Make sure they're okay and your water sprayer as well. And lastly, I check for probably rust on the camper. Make sure there isn't anything, any rust in any kind of dangerous part of the van. Yes, just get yourself under it with a torch and possibly a screwdriver because the guys will look at there's a front member which goes, especially on a lot of feed, the Caddo's, even newer models. So just make sure that you get in underneath, have a look around your hubs and while you're there, check the boots and your suspension and just get, look, you could drop it down to your local mechanic and pay to have this done. But if your van hasn't been used as much as it normally is, it should be pretty OK. I'm actually interested to see how many vans will fail compared to the fact that they've probably only done maybe a thousand miles because of the short season. Mine is actually due, our Heimer is due in March, so I'm going to book it in in the next week or two and I'll let you know how we got on. But uh, interesting to see, you know, you can fail from lack of use, obviously with, with fumes and, and 
sludge building up in the engine but it'll be interesting to see how many of the vans that normally especially the older vans that normally walk it because they're being used because of lack of use might fail this year god hopefully and that's kind of what we recommended last week as well to to get your camper out even if it's just around the block or just down to the shop just to to keep it kind of ticking over and keep it kind of keep the the oil flowing through the engine and the tires from from cracking or splitting yeah just check all those things and as i say you can book it in with your local garage and have a a pre-doe test done beforehand right camping life is where we finish off and we're talking about the camping code that we're putting together yeah, so we're up to number three in the camping code. And number three this week is don't park too close. And this one, Aaron, is a, a little bit of bugbear of mine as well. Mm-hmm. I, it really bugs me if you're going to a campsite, especially, particularly a campsite that's not marked out. The likes of, um, say, I don't know, D- Dixfield down in Ardmore or other places where you might be parking on the grass. You know, for God's sake, give your neighbour a, a bit of space. You know, I remember one site time we parked up um, on a campsite and... Um, some other chap came along and parked right next to us. And I could literally, and he, he not only did he park next to us, but he parked, his habitation door was pointing to the same size as us. And I literally could jump out my door and into his camp Without touching the ground. And there was like, there was loads <laughs> of space on the campsite, you know. So I don't know whether some people do it just to feel close to somebody. They don't like being isolated. Often you'd no. see in a car park when... No. campers are parking they park next to other campers so i don't know if there's some sort of mag- magnetic gravitation <laughs> pull towards the campers but there's no reason to be parking really close number one it's a safety concern but it's just common decency not to park up on top of your neighbor give them a bit of space you know legally it's to be four meters be it on a campsite be you wild camping in a field there should be four meters between vehicles for example if chris's van goes on fire you don't want your van going on fire and that four meters you know is a good enough distance but bear in mind if the weather's fine be you by a beach or not by a beach a lot of people still like to put out a windbreaker maybe they're barbecuing so if the space is there i don't think it happens so much on campsites unless the campsite is ramming them in just to make the few bob and then you've got you know you can rightly go up to reception and say what's the story here but yeah if you're wild camping or camping in a site where the pitches aren't marked you know you'd like your windbreaker out so the buddy next to you might want his windbreaker out just give yourself a little bit of room yeah and it's just a privacy thing as well like you'd want to be looking out your window and looking right inside another camper van as well like if you give yourself that bit of space you know you're private like i've seen pictures up on facebook in different groups of someone showing campers that are parked very close to me you can literally see in people's mm-hmm. presses and wardrobes and shelves exactly what's there they're, they're so close you know so camping code number three don't park too close to other campers give it a little bit of room now we did mention that we are looking to do something different a Q&A for the 100th episode and we would love for you just to send us an email a few people have already saying we'd love to take part guys and we will give you contact details in a second and these contact details we love to hear your messages your ideas campsite suggestions and reviews reviews of products products you like and don't like they don't have to be all positive the same goes for campsites they don't have to be positive reviews you can warn people and we'd love your news items that you'd like us to discuss and of course it's a way of getting hold of our stickers so to do that you need to email or tweet us or instagram us or get hold of us on forums and here's how you do that to get in touch with us our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com on twitter we're at the camping crew on instagram 
We're at the Camping Crew Podcast. In Facebook, you'll find us in all the motorhome caravan and camping groups. Forum-wise, you'll find us at motorhomecrack.com or on boards.ie. Yes, and of course, we have our sister website, campsitereview.com. We have a forum there that is free and always will be. We chat on there and you can join and read some reviews. You can put up reviews and just have chats in general. That's campsitereview.com. And every Friday and now some Wednesdays as well, while we're doing the van build with thanks to Gary's Glue, it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And if you join us at nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning or Friday morning, you can have a bit of a live chat with us while the video is going. So that wraps up episode 97, Chris. Yeah, um, another good episode, I think, uh, and the interview uh, as well. It's nice to have um, some other voices on the podcast as well. So yeah, thanks everybody for listening in. We do appreciate it. And if you're enjoying what we do, don't forget to subscribe and tell your camping friends all about us. And from me, Aaron Birchall, till we meet again on a campsite someday soon, take care and stay safe. Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Oh,